Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America and managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. Today's guest is Zach Evans. Thank you so much for being here, Zach. It's so good to see you. It's great to see you as well. Thanks so much for inviting me. All right. So we are going to do our typical question and answer. Three questions I have for you. You ready? I'm ready. Let's start with your one sentence bio. I am a son, a father, a friend, a believer, and I'm also the chief technology officer at Exilus, which is a healthcare data and analytics company. Excellent. Thank you. You did pretty good. I could, I could see those being multiple sentences or one very long compound Yeah, sentence. I never did so great with grammar. Oh, me neither. <laughs> Thank goodness there's Grammarly, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. First question for you. How do your values impact your management philosophy? You know, for, for me, it all comes to the value of people. That is a, a core value for me that all people have an intrinsic value that I have to come to the table and respect every day. And so when I think about how I manage and how I lead, it's centered in that person and their value as a human being. So it's very much about being people first. I am a servant to my team. Uh, I, I don't necessarily view myself as the top of an org chart or anything like that. It's I'm a member of the team that gets to serve other people because of their value and the value that they have inside of them and the value that they bring to our organization. So uh, that's where I kind of center and anchor everything in. But then it, it drives me to, to manage and lead through a couple different avenues. One of those is I, I really enjoy and try to help my team first and foremost unlock the excellence that lies within them. So because of that value that they, that they carry, they have something to bring to the table. It may be something small, it may be something large, and my job is to help them unlock that, whatever that happens to be, and to help remove any barriers I can for them to be able to achieve that excellence. And then the other part, because we all have this value, it really drives us to be accountable to each other. Because if I value you as a human and as a person, then it compels me to be accountable to you because you have something to offer. I have something that I can help you with. And now it's, it's incumbent upon me to make sure that I can unlock that. And, and so I try, to in, I try to really get my teams to, to view each other that way doesn't matter what your title is, doesn't matter what your role is, is that let's, we're all people, we all have a huge amount of value, and we all have something excellent inside of us that we can unlock. That's great. Now, you, you talked about respecting people's value and the intrinsic nature that they bring to the team. How do you help people find their own value? Sometimes the hardest thing there is when someone tries something and they fail, right? And it's, I, I have a saying, my team probably gets really tired of it, is I say, look, I, I, I don't ever mind mistakes. What I, what I want you to do is I want you to be creative enough to make new mistakes, mm. okay? Mm. Because I remind them, look, when I drive into the office in the morning, there's three different mistakes I'll make on any given day. 
and, and that's okay. Hopefully I'm making new mistakes and I'm learning from those mistakes, right? And that's really how people can understand and find their own value is, look, it, this is a safe space. I can try something new in trying to reach that level of excellence. And yeah, I'm going to be held accountable, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be punished for making a mistake. That's part of life. And so um, that's something I really try to work with all, all of my teams. Love it. Love it. Okay, I'm going to move to question number two. Who or what has had the most impact on your management style? So it, it, I thought long and hard about this. Uh, there's a couple different avenues I could go down, but, but at the end of the day, the thing that has probably impacted my management style the most is being a parent. And it's not at all because I view my team as, as immature kids. That's not it at all. But what being a parent has taught me and it's allowed me to bring this in, into, my, into my, my teams and the way that I lead and the way that I manage is, look, you have, to, you have to manage with a tremendous amount of patience because you have to meet people where they are. As part of that value, everyone brings a different skill set, a different set of gifts to the table. Sometimes they have exactly what you need. Sometimes you have to help them find what you need. And so that takes a tremendous amount of patience. Along with that patience, it takes a tremendous amount of grace. That comes back to the mistakes. Look, I don't mind the mistakes. Be creative enough to make a new one every day. And you have to understand that, again, everyone's different. I have four kids. You know, their personalities are huge gulfs between the four personalities. And so you have to learn to meet those kids where they are, just like you have to learn to meet your team where they are. To me as a leader, I think it's, it's important for me to go to where my team is and not expect my team to come to me. And it's the, same, it's the same way I try to parent as well. That's a great answer. You know, parenting has taught me a lot. In fact, you mentioned uh, you're a believer in your one-sentence bio. I really began to understand better God's love when I became a parent. Like, oh man, I love these little children, but sometimes they just make the silliest mistakes. And and it's interesting when we become managers and leaders of teams, how you can really love those around you and love them through their mistakes. So talk to me about like what happens if somebody on your team really messes up. So you said you embrace mistakes, but what if they keep making the mistakes over and over again? So you know, it, if if I have someone on on my team that that is kind of continually you know, tripping over the same thing. Really what I, what I try to sit down with them to, to understand is, okay, so what, like, what's the root cause of that? Where is this coming from? Is it, look, we weren't clear in, in, in setting expectations, hmm. right? That, that setting expectations is, is, is a really big deal, and that's incumbent upon the leader to be able to set those expectations and also make sure the team understands them. So is, is, is there something, is there some kind of common theme that's, that's running behind it? Is it, again, they don't understand the expectations. They don't have the skill set or the knowledge to really be successful. And so they keep making the same mistake, not because they're not trying hard, but it's because they don't know another way to approach the problem. Hmm. So I, I, always, I always try to start with that is to really try to drill down into, okay, what, what's actually causing this? Because in my experience, virtually no one wants to make the same mistake twice or three times or four. That's, that's a whole different category. And that's, a, that's actually kind of rare. It's usually because there's some deficiency and we've just not unlocked that yet. And so let's try to figure that out. 
Yeah, I don't think anybody ever wakes up and says, I'm going to do a crappy job at work today. I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> they may have a crappy day. Yeah, they may have a crappy That's day, right. but they don't want to make a bad, they don't want to have a bad day. That's no. not their goal. No, right? no because at, at the end of the day, they want to feel successful. They want to feel a part of something. They want to feel like they're helping to, to generate success, both for them individually and for the company at large. Generally speaking, people want to make the right choice. Just sometimes they, they mess up. And by the way, I do the exact same thing. Yeah, we all do every yeah. day. Yeah. I love that you said you make three mistakes on the way to work in the morning. I yeah. think that's uh, that's a, that's probably true for all of us. It, it's just I, recognizing that we have made those mistakes. Yeah. And that, make new mistakes every day. Unfortunately, on a commute, sometimes it is the same mistake every oh, day. Yeah. But that's a, you know, <laughs> traffic's a different issue. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. Question number three. What book has made the biggest impact on you? So I tried really hard to come up with one. You could have two. Okay, so I have three. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I said two, Zach, not that, three. That, okay, well, we, well okay. <laughs> three three no, works. Yeah, three well, works. we'll keep it court. So there's three. <laughs> so so certainly, you know, I mean, everything I do is centered in my faith. So so number one on my list has to be my Bible and, and, and just kind of what I can learn from that. There's a story in Acts that I looked at just a couple of weeks ago with, with uh, my men's group, and it's, it's a story about conflict re- resolution and how you deal with conflict and the right way to deal with conflict. My view on, on again, that intrinsic value of people as humans comes directly from that, right? It, it, it informs the way that I want to treat people so that way I, I can hopefully be treated the same way. But it, it's also about accountability it, there's, you know, stories about understanding leaders and understanding your role. There's any number of, of lessons that you can take from there. And so I kind of, I always center there. The second book is, uh, it's, it's a little bit old. Uh, actually, my next two are both a little bit old, but it, it's one that has really spoken to me through the years. It's a book called It's Your Ship. Mm. And it, it's about a, uh, a commander in the Navy that took over a guided missile cruiser that was one of the lowest performers in the Navy. And this is all about how he helped turn around this ship to become one of the best performing ships in the Navy. And it's really what I love about that book, what I was saying earlier, is where he starts is he meets the team where they are. You know, it's especially for a leader that's coming into a ma- to an organization or a manager that's taking over a new team. Sometimes the easiest thing to do is say, you know what, I just need to scrap the team and start over. Well, first of all, that very rarely is a reasonable option. And so really what you have to do is you have to meet the team where they are, figure out the strengths, figure out the weaknesses, identify the gaps, figure out who needs to be invested in, who needs to be trained, whatever that happens to be. And that's what this book is all about. It doesn't throw the entire team out and say, look, if I could only start over fresh, I could make a difference. Mm -mm. It's about meeting the team where they are and how you help them achieve greatness. And then the third one is uh, a book that a lot of people have read called The Lean Startup. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is just, uh, I think, a great story about how you can learn. It's not just about small companies. It's about how, as teams, my team theme for this year is done is greater than perfect. Mm. Right? Because the best thing we can do as a team is to get something out into the market, get something out into the wild, and then react. If we... If our goal is to launch something that is perfect, we're going to be here lost in the wash over and over and over again. And that's really what the Lean Startups is about. Yeah, that's good. I like uh, perfect is the enemy of done. Yes. That's my my phrase. My, my team gets tired of me saying that as yeah. well. That's why I, I had to use something different for the team theme because yeah. they, they would not have responded well because they hear it from me all the time. I love it. I love it. All right. One minute rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I think. Okay. 
Where do you hope to be in 10 years? So it's easy to say sitting on a beach somewhere, but that's not the case. Um, where I hope to be in, in 10 years is still uh, making an impact every day on the teams that I get to lead. Um, my, the, the greatest joy I have is when I see someone else achieve something uh, that I was able to contribute uh, with all along the way. So that's where I want to be in, in 10 years is still doing that. Favorite app? Uh, Notion, which oh, is a, a yeah. kind of a, it's a note taking apps for nerds because it's actually built on a programming language. You can have dinner with four people who are all alive. Who would they be? Four people who are all alive. Um, Nolan Ryan would be at the table. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, Nolan Ryan, uh, George W. Bush, uh, Barack Obama, and actually, you know what? Probably Michelle. I think Michelle is more impressive than Barack. So I'll take Michelle Obama. And the fourth one would be... All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cop out and say I want my wife at the table with me. Okay. It's not a cop out at all, but I will say you failed at rapid fire oh. questions. <laughs> you might you might win the award of the least number of questions asked. Uh, all right. <laughs> but it's okay. It's a, you made a mistake, right? You said be creative enough to make mistakes every day. I did. So my, my competitiveness got the better of me. Sorry, uh, sorry it, about that. No, it's all good. Okay, parting advice, two sentences or less, what would you say to managers? So parting advice is especially for new managers. Don't be afraid to set high expectations for your team. You'll be surprised what people are capable of achieving if only you're willing and able to set a vision for them. I think way too often we undersell what our teams can accomplish by setting low expectations, and that's that's a recipe to have a low-performing team. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Zach. I have so enjoyed your time on the podcast today. Thank you again for having me, Donnie. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for future guests, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University.